What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts. We're all reuniting today, the three of us. It feels like too long, guys. I'm happy to have you back. Three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now, feels like forever, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, and this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Remember, guys, if you want to subscribe to the Locked On Chargers podcast to get it before everybody else, the best place to do it is on the brand new Himalaya podcasting app. It's free, super easy to use, and has every single podcast you love or that you are searching for. They have personally curated playlists made just for you by their expert podcast tastemakers. It's super easy, it's free, and you can find the Locked On Chargers podcast right there, guys. So go ahead and download that now. Make sure to subscribe and review for us. All right, so we have a lot to get into today, but we're going to start by talking about Melvin Gordon having a couple of comments to Wendy Nix that I want to talk about, especially regarding his contract and the fact that he has been in talks to get a new contract from the Chargers, which is something we have talked heavily about here recently. And then I want to talk about a really cool story as we're recording this on a Thursday. It's the 75th anniversary of D-Day on Normandy and Donnie Edwards has a really cool foundation and he did something really cool for this anniversary. So I want to talk about that in the first segment as well. And then the second segment, I want to talk about linebackers, specifically Kazir White and Denzel Perryman, both coming back from injury, one on the field already, one not quite back on the field, but both of them trying to do different things. One's trying to cut weight and the other one's trying to gain weight. So I want to talk about the versatility of the linebacker position. And then to wrap up the show today, NFL.com came out with a list of an all under 25 team and three chargers made the list. So we're going to talk about that at the end and talk about if there's any chargers that just missed the cut or guys that we think got robbed and guys that we think could make that list in the future. But before we get into that, I do want to send a shout out to our sponsors at hotels.com for sponsoring the podcast. Don't hate like your friend's trip on Instagram Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. All right, guys, well, let's start with Melvin Gordon talk. We've talked a lot about this subject recently, but now he told Wendy Nix something that we pretty much told everyone that was happening kind of behind the scenes, that his agents and the Chargers are working on an extension. It's not really a surprise, John. But it was good to just hear him say that. So you know that it's going on. I think we all have kind of up and down feelings about how we feel about giving a running back big money with whatever kind of contract they might give him, as opposed to letting him play out his fifth year and going from there. But it is nice to know that it's happening. At least we know what's going on behind the scenes right now. Yeah, it is comforting to know that Melvin Gordon as a chance of staying with the Chargers for a while and that we won't be seeing holdouts like in the Vincent Jackson era. But yeah, we're not surprised he's going to be at mandatory minicamp. The only reason he missed the non-mandatory practices was because it's, if it's not mandatory, why a risk injury? If it is mandatory, he's going to be there for the team. So it's definitely not a surprise. My question is, is Melvin Gordon going to be going for length or is he going to be going for guaranteed money? Well, I think it has to be both, right? I think he wants multiple years and as much guaranteed money as he can get. I think that Le'Veon Bell kind of set the guideline last year with $35 million guaranteed. I don't know if Melvin Gordon would be going for that type of money, 
but you know that Melvin Gordon thinks of himself as one of the top young running backs in this league. So I think as a running back with that shorter shelf life, that he's going to be going for as much guaranteed money as he can. Would you think he would go for maybe five years with a lot of guaranteed money or like seven years with less guaranteed money, like based on what you see a lot of players go for nowadays? I mean, I think it would be no more than a five-year contract, and I think it would be heavily proportioned to the front end of that contract. I think you've seen that a lot with the ripcords at the end, but most players don't even count that last year, really. It would really be something like a four-year deal with a bunch of guaranteed money. That's what I think would be most likely somewhere in the in the range of, I would say, four years, somewhere 28 to $30 guaranteed million dollars. I think that's likely something that we could see if the two were to come to an agreement and if they were to meet at, you know, somewhere in the middle. But I think it's far from a sure thing that this deal gets done. I, I know Tom Telesco's talked about it, but he's also a person that's given out some bad contracts in the past and has been better about that lately. So I think he's hesitant. I think he knows what running backs do in this league and what their shelf life is. So I think if the two teams meet, it would look something like that four or five years technically with somewhere around 28 to 30 million guaranteed. But I do want to get into, you know, kind of a a somber subject, but a really cool story to talk about with former Chargers linebacker Donnie Edwards, one of my favorite players growing up, one of the guys I watched as I was getting into football and a guy that played alongside Junior Seau and, and a pretty formidable linebacking group. But he's been doing something really cool. His grandfather was in the armed services and was able to escape Pearl Harbor and was a survivor of Pearl Harbor. And he's had a foundation giving back to the armed service members and those that risked their lives and survived great wars. And obviously, since it's the 75th anniversary of D-Day, he did something really cool when he took 16 veterans and a nurse who served in World War II on a 10-day trip to the shores of northern France, where everything went down. The foundation is called the Best Defense Foundation. And David, obviously, you are a resident Army member and Armed Forces member. Uh, You are a veteran yourself. So how cool was it to see a former Charger like that giving back to the others who served and and risked their lives for our country? I mean, it just, it it brings goosebumps, you know, all the way down my body. I mean, having been... I haven't been to war myself. Uh, you know, I did spend about six months in Afghanistan. Uh, you know, I, obviously nothing, you know, in comparison to, to D-Day. I mean, that was one of the most illustrious moments in all of history. For Donnie Edwards to take, you know, members of the armed forces that were there, that stormed the beaches of Normandy to, you know, rid the world of Hitler's terror. Uh, it's just absolutely amazing uh, that him and his organization put together a trip like that uh it's just you know it makes you understand and appreciate just how amazing those gentlemen were because that was one of the most dangerous missions in all of world war ii i mean they were literally storming the beach in front of constant machine gun fire a lot of their friends got cut down and it was a very very long hard fought battle uh, but one that proved to be one of the most important battles of the entire war. So for something like this, you know, to happen, it makes me beam with pride. Absolutely. I don't know if there's any other thoughts. I still have goosebumps even just talking about it now, even after I I read it 
earlier, but he's been doing things like this. He brought survivors back to Iwo Jima a couple of years ago. And so this is just something that's very near and dear to his heart. And you're right. I mean, that was the battle that totally turned the tide of World War II. And I mean, frankly, guys, we don't have a lot of these guys left. That's a, a long time ago, the 75th anniversary. You're talking about 18, 19, 20-year-olds in most of these cases that are now getting up there. So to see this and really just bring attention back to a, a day where so many brave men and women and nurses and lost their lives, it, it was just really cool to see, John. And I mean, for someone who is such a good player, it's so cool that for the last 14 years, He's been rededicating his life to a, a cause that I don't think any of us could think of a better cause. He actually has done a lot of community service, not just military. I remember he did the uh, the Christmas one where you take a bunch of kids and let them fill up a shopping cart, and they and you, the Charger player pays for it, and he came out to like fourteen grand, I think, worth of toys for them. And so he's always served in the community, but this one's got to be my favorite one that he's done, taking them back to. A place that even though it was pretty bad you know they get to see what it looks like now that they saved that country from hitler and the nazis and they get to actually experience that whole land with a fresher mind i remember one of the guys was from san diego i think that got the parachute it wasn't part of donnie edwards but a guy from san diego got the parachute there I think his name was tom rice so this is a lot of people I've gotten to visit. And to hear that a former Charger brought some people there, this makes it even better for me. Just such a cool story. And I, I'm, it's just so cool to see a former Charger giving back to something that's close to his heart. I mean, in his prime military days, he was playing football, you know. And now that he's done and it's been a long time, he could have sat on his money. He had a 14-year career and invested it or put it into different causes. So to see him doing something like this, especially, you know, for World War II survivors that probably don't have the money to just up and go do a trip like that and see the freedom that their friends paid for, I just, it's just, it gives me goosebumps. It's honestly hard to talk about. And it's so cool to see Donnie Edwards doing that after his illustrious career. But I do want to get into a couple of Chargers doing a, their own version of a body transformation, trying to bulk up and slim down to be more versatile at the linebacker position coming up in the next segment. But I do want to talk to you guys about Grip 6, a.k.a. the best belt in the world. Ultra lightweight, no holes, no flap, and could be the best gift for your dad later on this month. Everyone's dad needs a new belt. And when's the last time you got your dad a belt for Father's Day? He'll love it. He'll use it, and our listeners get a special offer at grip6.com slash lock. That's grip6.com slash L-O-C-K-E. All right, guys, now it's time to get into a couple of stories that I saw that stood out to me. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Denzel Perryman, who is obviously coming back from an injury, but has come back looking absolutely shredded. And I know that's not necessarily different for Denzel Perryman because he's always been a guy ever since coming out of Miami that's been stacked. But he's just he's lost about 20 to 30 pounds, guys, and he's trying to be more versatile and stay healthier during the season by shedding a little bit of weight. So we're going to talk about Kazir White a little bit later and him trying to become a little bit more versatile at that position, David. But it was nice to see Denzel Perriman kind of trying to add some versatility to his game by cutting some weight. With Denzel Perriman, it's never been about his talent on the football field. It's always been about 
his availability. Unfortunately for Denzel, he's never been able to stay healthy. Uh, but when he's on the football field, he makes a tremendous difference. But, Daniel, here's what I want. I just want a, a season where Denzel can stay on the football field for 14 games. I'm not even going to go 16 because that's just too much. I just want to see what his stats are going to look like after 14 games. I just feel like if he's able to be in there and stay healthy, he can have a truly amazing season for a middle linebacker. Yeah, and to me, I think he just wants to be more of a multi-dimensional player. I don't think he just wants to be known as a first and second down linebacker that's in there to stop the run, even though he excels at that. And one of the things I saw on this that made me laugh is his name is Baby Thump. That's his nickname, Baby Thump. But So just wait, let that sink in for a second. I, I, I don't think of Baby <laughs> when I see Denzel Perryman. It's one of the last words that would come to my mind. I think that's why I think it's... So funny, but he, hey, he lost 20 pounds. And I think, you know, not carrying that much weight, John, is going to help him a little bit. And one of the things that you really don't want to see him lose is just that stopping power. I mean, just that ability that if he gets you solidly, you're not going to gain an inch. You're not going to fa- fall down for an extra four yards. He can stop you on the spot, which is not something you see out of a lot of today's linebackers that are more versatile but don't have that kind of stopping power so John I I do like the ability I do like the thought of him you know trimming down a little bit to be more versatile but at the same time I don't want him to lose that thump well as long as he didn't lose a lot of the leg strength or the leg muscle that he has I don't think he'll lose that thump that's usually where most of that comes from is the chest being like a block and you have the legs that are like the wheels that drive that block into the hit. So he probably lost the weight in other places, like somewhere in the midsection usually or something like that, where it's easier to lose the weight and you don't necessarily rely on it. And you're right, it would help a lot for injury-wise because it's, it's less of a beating that the joints are going to take. It's less weight he has to run around with when it comes to the fourth quarter or even like game seven of the season after you've been at practice and playing games all, all year. It's less stress on joints and on other parts of the body, especially joints, though, because that's where a lot of NFL players have been getting hurt lately, like ACL tears or something along those lines. Dislocated shoulders have been happening a lot. So cutting the weight's going to help a lot with that. But whether or not it's going to be the determining factor that makes them play a whole year is going to be something we have to wait and see. Right. I mean, I think it's one of those things. It's definitely a wait and see. And we haven't seen it yet. So. It's not something that's happened, but you know with them signing him to that two-year contract that they hope that he can stay on the field and that they believe that he can. And really, whether it's 14 games, whether it's 16 games, it'd be just nice to have him going into the playoffs. I I know that for sure. You need him to be healthy at the end of the year. So we definitely hope to see better from him this year and a fully healthy season because we know what kind of impact player he is when he's on the field. But I really like the way this position group is starting to look. They're definitely getting faster. I don't, You know, we've had good defenses in the past, guys. I don't think we'll have a faster defense than the Chargers are going to put out there this year. I just see more speed all the way around. I know they did sign, you know, old-ass <laughs> Thomas Davis, but I'm not worried about him because I think as a whole, this defense has gotten much faster and should play much faster than it has in years past. 
And one of the guys that's been, you know, also trying to get into a better body to play different positions is Kazir White, who actually saw some time in OTAs at the Mike linebacker position, which is obviously what Denzel Perryman plays. He was mostly weak side linebacker. That's the spot that he won last year coming out of training camp as a rookie. But, John, what do you think about Kazir White bulking up and potentially playing Mike? Uh, after having the injury, it makes me feel like it's going to be another Denzel Perryman. I'm kind of worried once you get injured, there's been people that say once you get injured once, you tend to get injured a little bit easier again. It really it really makes me nervous, but he has the talent to do it. And with how elusive he is, it, if, with him bulking up, it's like having Jatavius Brown with a little bit more weight on him. A guy that can cover, but a guy that's probably going to hit really well. When you saw him in the open space, when he was that weak side linebacker, he would cover the flats or even swing routes by running backs. And if there, there was a runner in space, he would tackle them. Well, and you saw once he got injured, we were missing those tackles and that people were getting big plays just off of short passes on us. So if he was to play the Mike linebacker, could he possibly be that piece that could help with stopping the run? Possibly, but the injury is what worries me. Well, injuries are always going to be a concern with the Chargers, but I think it's too early to really put that on Kazir White at this point. It's only been one season. Yes, he missed most of the season, but there's really nothing in his past that makes you just think, all right, this is going to be another Denzel Perriman that's going to get hurt every single year. But I definitely understand the concern, and that's always going to be the concern. I think that's why, David, that Tom Telesco stacked up the linebacker position and just put so many bodies in that room. Right now they have 12 linebackers on the roster. Obviously, that's going to get cut down, but you see what he's going for. And I think a lot of this has to do with the signing of Thomas Davis because, yes, Kazir White might be better suited for the will linebacker or the weak side linebacker position, but I think they want insurance for Denzel Perryman, who can't stop getting hurt. It's not bad to necessarily have a guy like Kazir White you know, step in there and learn all those plays and call the defense and do things of that nature because the fact is, David, there's a really real chance that he could see time at Denzel Perriman's position this year. Yeah, absolutely there's a chance. I mean, just, you know, obviously, you know, based off of history, we know history has a tendency to repeat itself. Hopefully this year we don't see it as much because, you know, obviously we want to see Denzel on the football field, but you like the type of athletes that Tom Telesco has brought in to the linebacking position. You like the Drew Tranquils. You like the Emeka Igbule, and I like Kaiser White. You guys have tremendous value, not only as a tackler, but, you know, in coverage as well. I like the the prototype that they're kind of, you know, bringing to that position. Uh, outside of, you know, Thomas Davis, I think he's more of that, you know, prototypical linebacker. But you got a bunch of atypical guys that bring a lot of athleticism, uh, which I think is going to help them stay in the football field a little bit longer and a little bit more. And that's the case. But I think the best part about it is, is, hey, yes, you re-signed Denzel Perriman, but you're not putting all of your eggs in that basket. You're giving yourself a lot of insurance with bringing in all of these guys that, hey, once you're once one of these guys goes down, you don't have to play seven defensive backs on the field because you don't have enough healthy linebackers. That's not the case anymore, which is something that they ran into last year, which, yes, it did work against the Ravens, but... At the same time, you want to do it because you think it's going to work well, not because of necessity. And you don't need Hayes Pollard on the field. So I think it's really good what they've done with the linebacker position. Tom Telesco said they were going to address it in the offseason. And 
to his credit, he did. We still have to wait and see what these rookies are going to do with Tranquo and Egbule. But at the same time, you have depth at that position, which has really been thin the last few years. I mean, the amount of no-name and below-average linebackers that have taken the field for the Chargers over the past few seasons is is pretty scary. So I think that they really answered the bell on that one, and I think it made them a faster and more physical team. So I think you have to give credit where credit is due. But I like the thought of having a bunch of guys that do a lot of things well and can be put into a lot of situations. I mean, you look at a, a you know, the Patriots' defensive front, it's like seven guys standing around. You don't know who's coming from where, who's playing what position, and it just creates such a confusion. The Chargers could do that now. They don't have just, hey, if Denzel Perryman's on the field, he's the Michael linebacker. It's not necessarily like that anymore, and I like that they have that kind of flexibility at the linebacker position. But we do want to get into the next segment, talking about the all-under-25 team, the guys who made it and the guys who got snubbed maybe even some guys to look forward to maybe making the list in the future coming up next. But we were talking about linebacker production and how the Chargers are going to be much more productive in that room this year. And you can be more productive in the bedroom. It's time to spice things up, and I have the best way to do it at BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, or even on a full stomach, and they work twice as fast as the other pills because they are chewable. Now, this isn't for guys who can't perform only. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in bed. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Because, I mean, really, guys... Let's be honest. It's the awkward part of it that no one really wants to deal with. And even better, we have a special offer for our listeners. If they visit BlueChew.com, you can get your order for free by just paying the small $5 in shipping when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's just $5 in shipping, and you can have that first order of BlueChew sent to your house, and you will be in for a good night. That's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E, Chew. Dot com promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. All right, guys, it's time to get into the final segment of the day, talking about the NFL.com coming out with a list of the all under 25 team. The list was written by Mark Sessler from NFL.com, and there's a few names that you will recognize. And let's just start by saying this. Hey, this is Really only one team, guys. So a lot of teams didn't get a player on this list. And the Chargers came away with three players on this list. So I think that's a lot to look forward to. And I think it shows you that the talent that the Chargers have that is pretty young and should be good for a long time. So we'll start with the obvious one here. The most obvious one, I think, that could make this list. And that is Derwin James, who is not only the best under 25 safety in the league. He's one of the best safeties in the league, period. So no surprise there for me, a well-deserved spot on this list. And I really don't know if there's anyone close to him that's under 25, in my opinion. So then you also have Desmond King getting an honorable shout-out from this list as a cornerback. But that's not the only time he made this list because he actually was the number one guy in the return game. 
Desmond King makes this list the best returner under 25 in the entire NFL. And the last name I bring up here is another no surprise name, Joey Bosa. Even with the injuries that he has, he has already turned into a, a franchise cornerstone with the Chargers, even with the injuries, with the production he's been able to put up when he gets on the field. He's one of the top pass rushers in the league when he's healthy, and it's no surprise to see him on this list. But there are some notable names, David, that got left off of this list that I think you could make an argument for on here. So who do you think didn't make this list that should have been on here? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the most obvious one for me, I mean, just looking at the wide receivers that they picked, uh, I mean, you got to feel like Mike Williams kind of got snubbed a little bit. I mean, just looking at, you know, like, for example, they picked DJ Moore. I mean, no offense to DJ Moore. I mean, he had a solid season last year, but, you know, the production in the touchdown department, I mean, come on. Mike Williams had 10 just receiving, also added one on the ground. Uh, so, just based off of production, he was only 110, maybe 120 yards less than DJ Moore. And I feel like he was a more clutch, more productive player, especially with the touchdowns, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think you could make that argument easily. And I think the other name that pops up for you just because of the other guy that's on this list has to be Hunter Henry, because we know when he's healthy, he is one of the better tight ends in the league, even at his young age. And this is the last year he's going to be able to make this list. So he got snubbed. Mike Williams got snubbed. They're both 24 years old. So this was their last chance to get on this list. And Hunter Henry has been plagued by injuries. And I think it changes the entire story on that if he doesn't, because I think he would no doubt be on this list with that kind of production. John Hunter Henry is the much more well-rounded tight end who just absolutely catches everything while still finding a way to get yards after the catch and be super productive in the red zone. John is there anyone else that you'd want to put on this snub, or is there anyone else that you think could make this list in the future? Well, making the list in the future, I'd have to go Nazir Adderley and Jerry Tillery probably would probably make the list in the future. Other than that, I don't think anybody else really makes the list. Some of the guys that are worthy of maybe making the list are going to be 25. Like Austin Eckler, for example, is 24. He's going to be 25 next year, so this was was his last chance to make the list. And he was at one point ranked number one in pro football focuses ratings at running back. But you can't argue with guys like Saquon Barkley, for example. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, but a wide receiver, uh, I'm surprised that they chose DJ Moore and not a guy like Calvin Ridley, who had like 64 receptions for over 800 yards and 10 touchdowns. And Mike Williams also had 10 touchdowns. So those two guys are way more deserving than DJ Moore. And yet they put him on there. That, that kind of is questionable. It makes me kind of question this whole list, really. And if we want to talk about maybe future guys, do you think Easton Stick makes it? I'm just doing that to mess with Daniel Wade, honestly. I'm just asking that question the rest of the week. I know he's going to go nuts over that. But the only guy really is going to be Jerry Tillery or Nazir Adderley. If Nazir Adderley can show how well he is at free safety and be Derwin James type, then I think you knock out Jamal Adams off this list and you put Nazir Adderley with Derwin James on there. And Jerry Tillery, with his athleticism, should be able to make this list as the one of the defensive linemen. I think those are the two obvious candidates that you would pick for the Chargers going forward just because, hey, they're young enough and they're pretty highly touted prospects and both should have a chance to be pretty productive before their 25th birthday comes up. I'm going to shock you guys by telling you who should be on this ne list next year. Are you ready? Michael Money Badger 
Badgley. Right now it's Harrison Bucker. And I'm sorry to Harrison Bucker, but give me Michael Badgley all day long. He's the first kicker that I've been able to be proud of in a very long time. And I hold him very near and dear to my heart. So I think that Michael Badgley will absolutely make the top 25 or the first team all under 25 team next season. I mean, he's and the money Tyler. badger. Yeah, and Tyler Newsom too. Let's throw them throw him in there as well. He's not even technically on the team yet. He hasn't made the 53-man roster, but you know what? Special teams is the name of the game. And a special teams unit for the Chargers in 2019 has a chance to be much better than the really bad, terrible ones that we've seen in years past where we've seen, you know, for example, Travis Benjamin running into the end zone or many <laughs> games being decided on field goals that were missed because of just terrible place kicking and the fact that they had the nerve to try out Roberto Aguayo and, and, and the nerve to keep Caleb Sturgis on the team last year when Michael Badger was perfect in the preseason. So special teams has not been very special for the Chargers but, John, the one last thing I want to talk about regarding this subject is just the, the way that this organization is heading, you know, during the Philip Rivers era and coming up after Philip Rivers departs. Because, you know, a lot of teams, you know, we talked about it before, like the Bears with Mitch Trubisky or the Rams with Jared Goff and teams like that. Hey, get me a cheap quarterback and I'll fill out the rest of the team with more expensive players. The Chargers are going the opposite way of that. Give me the expensive quarterback who's not really expensive, I mean, compared to what guys are making today. And I will just throw a ton of draft picks at the defense and give the defense a chance to be special at really reasonable contracts. I mean, that's what the Seahawks did back in the day with all those guys before they eventually all had to get paid. But it's really exciting to see the direction this team's going with, not necessarily just having a bunch of older veterans that can contribute during the playoff window and during Phillip Rivers' Super Bowl window, but having you know a lot of young pieces that you can be excited about under 25 that should be here long after Phillip Rivers retires. Yeah, you're putting a lot of young talent around Phillip Rivers and on the defense so that you can win now. And then when Rivers leaves, you will already have a team that's created, and all you have to do is just plug in another quarterback. It's a pretty simple process. I, I say simple as if you could just go – down to Walmart and buy yourself another quarterback. Basically. Exactly. But, but it, it's it's pretty simple to build all the players around you. Then you just have to find a quarterback that can manage the game. You don't need a Peyton Manning or a Phillip Rivers or a Tom Brady in the future. It'd be nice to have someone like that. But as long as you can get somebody that manages the game well enough to where they're not turning the ball over, they're taking care of the ball if they get sacked, they're making the right plays, they're making the right audibles to annoying when to run the ball, as long as you have someone that can do that, the defense will take care of the other work. They'll either make it to where the offense is eventually in good field position. Even special teams can help with this. If you punt the ball and it lands inside the 10-yard line and then your defense makes a stop and the other team has to punt it, there's a chance you're going to get the ball on your side of the 50, right about the 45, or you'll be on the other team's side of the 50. And the offense just has to gain two first downs, and there's at least a field goal right there without having to rely on a Peyton Manning-type quarterback. Stuff like that is all you need to do. Yeah, and I think that's you know why you see them bring in a guy like Terod Taylor, who's one of the higher-caliber backups in the NFL, because they know if Phillip Rivers were to get hurt, they could put something like a game-managing Tyrod Taylor in the game and not necessarily be screwed. 
they have a guy that with that defense, if it lives up to the hype, they would still be in a lot of games. There's many worse quarterbacks, uh, a.k.a. Trent Dilfer, that have taken teams deep because of having a special defense. And that's what this team is set up to do. And yes, yeah, and it's not easy to Eli find... Manning. Yeah. It's not easy to find a quarterback in the grocery store. You know, there's no... Kurt Warner's not walking through those doors. But at the same time, you set yourself up in a position where, A, even if you got average quarterback play in the future, you are surrounding it with a team that has the chance to really stay in games even with average to below average quarterback play. So... Phillip Rivers has a super loaded team. The Chargers have a super young, loaded roster. And it's just something to be really excited about. I think Tom Telesco has done a great job. And I know we always praise Tom Telesco around here, except for when it comes to third-round picks. But it, it just has to be said because the amount of young talent and the amount of hits they've had on their draft picks and veterans that they've brought in in free agency lately is just something that amazes us as people that have followed the Chargers our whole lives to see that the talent they put on this team right now is really special. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Thanks to everyone who listened today. And thank you to all of our sponsors at Hotel.com, Blue Chew, and Grip6 for sponsoring this podcast and, hey, letting us get on here and talk for 40 minutes about football. We really appreciate it. A special shout-out to Donnie Edwards and all the cool things he's doing. Really special guy, and I, d- I don't want that to slip through the cracks, the amount of good work that he's doing but we'll talk to you guys next week make sure until then that you go follow us on twitter at locked on lac and to like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribing to us on the himalaya podcasting app or wherever you get your podcasts from so you can get the shows before everyone else does also if you want to get your voice and your opinions and hot takes on the show make sure to call 323-524-7924 at the Locked On Chargers voicemail line because every voicemail gets on the show. But until next time, guys, we'll be back with you next week. Take it easy and go Bolts.